This is Culture Tuesday. Thanks for joining us on the program today. We are looking forward to having a discussion about children's stories. And I've got with me our author and uh, I would guess publisher as well. We've got Madeline Carroll on the radio. Hello, Madeline. Welcome to the program. Hi, thank you so much for having me. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I have got three children. I've got uh, about to be 11, an eight-year-old and a five-year-old. So I think of myself as a bit of a uh, 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 wading into the water of children's stories. Not so much writing them, but using them, bringing the Bible to life or our Christian social teachings to life through the lovely stories of fiction. Madeline, do you have kids? Yes, yes, I do. I have seven, seven children. Yes, you Um, do. Oh, they're beautiful. I've seen pictures. Can you tell us what ages they are? Yes, so Felicity is 12, and then Joachim will soon be 11 in November. Beth is nine. Benjamin is uh, seven. Edith is five. Micah is three, and then Jerome is five and a half months. <gasps> Jerome. Jerome has a special place in my heart this year. He is my youngest saint of the day, saint of the year. Oh, just had his feast day just a couple, just uh, last Yes, day. that's right. Does your little Jerome have loads and loads of lions? Well, now the thing about this Jerome is that he's actually named after Jerome Lejeune, who is a servant of God. I don't know if you've heard of this amazing... No. Tell me right geneticist. now, please, Madeline. Oh, he is amazing. So he's a French geneticist. He only died in the 1990s. Um, and he was um, a pioneer, actually, into a lot of things. He discovered that expectant women said mothers needed folic acid. But his big one was discovering about uh, the Down syndrome and how, sort of, uh, how they're testing for it. But he was a very strong Catholic, and um, unfortunately, they used his work against him um, in you know the anti-life um, community. But he pioneered his whole life for the Down syndrome children. He's very strong Catholic, and he's just an amazing, an amazing scientist and an amazing witness to life. So I really love him, and he's currently a son of God. There you go. Oh my goodness, I love this. I've learned something new. Listeners, you have too. You're welcome. And that's our program for today. <laughs> Just kidding, just kidding, just kidding. Madeline, uh, you, so you have got seven beautiful children uh, and you also, with all this, with all the regular mothering, you are a bit of an expert, I'm going to say, I'm going to proclaim that. You are an expert on stories for children. You are a publisher. You've helped create uh, Isaiah books. Is that, is that right, yeah. Madeline? Yeah, <laughs> that's right. All right, what, what, let's, all right, before we go into your life and everything, no, 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 let's go into that, just so that our listeners understand how we at Radio Maria bring them the best. The, 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 I mean, we all have our talents, and Madeline has many talents. So, Madeline, how did the publishing company of Isaiah Books, how did that come about? Were you just bored? You've been nursing something and something, and you're like, oh, I'm up at two o'clock in the morning, let's make a book. <laughs> Oh, well, it's funny. So I always loved stories. Like, you know, I just loved reading them when I was a child. I loved all the Shirley Hughes books, you know, the classic English children's storybooks. And um, and my dad was a brilliant storyteller, like make-believe stories. He did the most hilarious make-believe stories. I just remember with joy these stories he would tell me at bedtime that would just have us in like, you know, fits of laughter. Um, so I started sort of 
writing um, my first actually story was the resurrection story when I was a young adult. Um, I didn't do anything with it. I wrote it over Easter Triduum one weekend and then just sort of went back to work, you know, the next week and left it there. But uh, yeah, when I became a mum, I, I decided I, I met a lovely um, American lady who um, was also an artist. And I just sort of paired up with her and I said, oh, would you like to illustrate this book? And then we approached, actually, we approached um, Second Spring, a really brilliant publishers, um, British publishers. And they made it into a, a Christmas storybook and a colouring book. Um, and then over time, I approached different publishers. And I've had a few of my books traditionally published through Catholic Mothers and Holy Heroes in America. Um, but then I had so many that were coming into my head, <laughs> as you say, when you're nursing or whatever. I wanted to, especially in 2020, everything was sort of shutting down. And in 2020, I was like, but I've got the story, the creator's love story, and I want to do something with it. So then I created Isaiah Brooks. Uh, started really small, just like printing through Amazon, and then slowly moving away from Amazon, I've teamed up with this amazing Christian printers, like in my next town. They're like a big family, like of nine kids. And it's a father and one of the sons do this Christian printing. So they, the, the, it's amazing. It's so the, the Holy Ghost definitely guided, uh, guided me because the son is like a, a graphic designer. So he formats my books for me. And then his dad's company prints them. Um, and that's how we sort of, yeah sprouted <laughs> oh my goodness Madeline you've got to tell me this name of these Christian printers is it just Christian oh. printers or no, no, I just... need it for, for radio for <laughs> They're called Dyer and Sons, and you wouldn't know they're Christian until you go into their printing house and they've got beautiful psalms all over the walls and the, a picture of them and their nine kids. I think it's nine, yeah, and it's just lovely. Okay, <laughs> Dyer and Sons. Okay, I'm going to have my work for me today. Look that okay, up. There you look. go. Yeah. Shout out to yeah. Dyer and Sons. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. When you were creating these stories, so you said you started as a young adult, uh, but you were working at the same time, so you must have been out of done with school uh, oh. what age is young adult i'm a young yeah. adult <laughs> yeah so am i <laughs> we're gonna be young until we're 80 <laughs> um so i was like i think i was like 1920 um i was actually working at that time as i was training to be let's see maybe i was 21 i was trained to be a catechist catechist is a good shepherd and i was also working as a nanny so it was all that was really inspiring too. Working as a catechist was like really inspiring for the Oh, we story. love the Good Shepherd, Caddy. Oh, yeah. we love that here in Cambridge. Oh my <laughs> goodness. So you all right, so listeners, uh well, Madeline, could you tell them a little bit more about catechesis of the Good Shepherd? Because I think this working within that, using that tool is a great learning and educational experience for authors, for creators, yeah. for doing stuff with children. So could you just give a, a little summary of what is this catechesis of the Good Shepherd? <laughs> I won't do it justice at all. And I've been out of the loop for a while because I was a mom. But my, all my children go to it, uh, apart from the, the baby baby. Um, it's an amazing thing. Uh, I trained with a three to six-year-old um, age group but basically because uh, before that I trained as a Montessori teacher and it's it's um based on Montessori's teaching of the faith really um two of her sort of disciples you could call them created um their Italian ladies created catechesis for Good Shepherd uh I think it's Gianna Gobbi and Sofia Cavalletti and it's basically teaching the children the bible and our faith and the liturgy and um the history of redemption through quite tactile materials, especially for the three to six, which was what I really trained in. There's beautiful um, 
tactile materials that you work with, for instance, like the Good Shepherd work is basically amazing models of um, a shepherd, you know, that with his sheep over his shoulders and then these little sheep and you work while the child listens to you reading. These are very young children, so they're not yet reading themselves. You read um, straight from scripture, so it's not abridged at all, the, the parable of the Good Shepherd, and then the child will work is taking the sheep out of this little sheep pen made of wood and then and then the guy um following the good shepherd and it's amazing and then the kind of the works multiply you've got like um the parable of the leaven and the child actually makes himself some leaven that's some dough and watches it rise over the next few days and weeks um there's the parable of the mustard seed which is a really beautiful one and you actually get a proper tiny mustard seed which is just minuscule if you've ever seen an actual mustard seed and the child looks at how tiny it is on his finger but it can grow to the biggest of shrubs and it's beautiful i mean there's a lot more with levels two and three which i'm not um not trained in so much and they go more into the history of redemption all of the parts of the mass i really like my my daughter my 12 year old was saying she's recently done a oh, what was it a study in catechesis on one of the I was reading a storybook to my five-year-old and she said, oh, I've just studied that in, in Atrium. And I can't remember what it was now, but it was amazing. I was like, oh, wow, you're studying this stuff. So it's, it's very beautiful. And I have, one of my children has um, some, some learning difficulties and catechesis is just brilliant for her because she gets to, she's very, I think she's probably got a bit of ADHD. So she's up and down, up and down, but it's brilliant. It, it calms her body, but she's able to work with her hands. It's just a very, I've really noticed it's been such a blessing for her in particular. Um, okay, I'm, yeah. I'm I'm so excited <laughs> to hear more. Okay, 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 right, right, right. I will. Uh, can I tell a short story, Madeline? <laughs> yeah. So I did. <laughs> I'm a children's liturgy at my at my church, and we did the mustard seed one time. And I was like, I do. I need. A, I didn't prepare. I was naughty. But I was looking around my kitchen. I was like, <laughs> I need a mustard seed. I need. And so I just took some. I was like, well no one will really know if this is a mustard seed so I grabbed some other little seeds to be like to, to compare and thinking you know no one's gonna the kids aren't gonna know so like oh look at this look at this look at this and then it sure enough we had a a chef parent oh, <laughs> and they're like Helena that's fennel it's like fennel well yeah no it's small that's the point kids <laughs> so it's sometimes that's brilliant it is it is but it was the smell i kept going because the whole joke for me was like it's a tiny mustard seed and it smells funny oh and all the kids would go oh and the smell was important for my storytelling and <laughs> so now i've got those there's like i know there's 30 kids out there that are thinking fet- uh, stinky mustard anyway it's all right it's all right <laughs> we do what we can the mustard seed smell of fennel that's lovely i like that <laughs> They all went home. They they got they got something out of it, and they, oh well, anyway, anyway. But so, oh, listeners, you can tell through what uh, Madeline was sharing about uh, accompanying. I think that's the word I'm going to use. Accompanying the young person uh, along with the story, using scripture, using what's already there, the goodness that has been t- tested over centuries to teach the stories of our Lord redemption and how we can bring in all those stories from the past and connect it to today. Some of it might be through connecting physical items, (laughs) smell items, Mm -hmm. but through that we can really let our young people dive into it, explore it, and even use their own imaginations to continue forward. All right, Madeline, so you're you're you've got these ideas talk to us about 
your books. Um, you uh, let's go specific. Let's not go into the Chris. If you don't mind, let's wait for the Christmas stories at the end because listeners, yes. stay tuned. You're gonna want to get a pen and paper out to start writing down Christmas present ideas already. <laughs> All right, let's start with some of your first ones. I'm gonna share um your your the photo the the illustrations in your book is very Shirley Hughes type pictures from what I remember from the dogger and stuff so it is really they're lovely but there's still room for imagination in the pictures all right go for it thank you yeah so um I've had various different illustrators over um over over the years which I actually really loved it's from one of the processes that I've loved with those books is finding different illustrators that will match the different stories and I've had ones from America I've had ones from the UK it's been really really nice and I yeah I like generally I like to keep realism there well beauty really so the children can grab onto these beautiful pictures and yeah I've had some slightly more abstract ones some slightly simpler ones as well which is good for young children so one of my early books the creator's love story the images are quite simple and it's it's a story ranging from the annunciation basically to the resurrection um and it's just his god's life story like jesus's you know life story on earth um in just sort of poetry form very simple so that's for more for younger children and the illustrations are simple too but I think that's good because it's not too much for them to take in. You know, it's just, and, and it's simple, but kind of concise. They'll understand each, each page and what, it, and what happens at that stage in his life and then how it all comes together to show the story of redemption for us. Um, and then, so, and then I branched out more to the biblical stories and I've been doing Easter and Christmas ones over the last few years. Um, and so I've done, I, my latest Easter one actually was called Beholding Beauty. Oh, and, tell me, I am, uh, listeners, let your ears perk up because this is one that I definitely, I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm in love with this. All right, go ahead. Sorry, sorry. Go back. <laughs> Beholding oh, Beauty. Beholding Beauty. All right, go for it. Well, there's a few that have been inspired actually by because I worked with children with special needs, um, worked with lots of children with autism, and then um, I've got my own little one with a few of her struggles. So, and then I've also, my boys have got dyslexia. So, you know, um, these are very close, this subject is very close to my heart, um, that we can all be amazing gifts to God, no matter, no matter what. So in Beholding Beauty, it's, I, it's not straight from a um, story from the Bible as such, but it's from some of the miracles that our Lord did do. So he healed the blind, okay? So this story is my imagination where there's a little boy living on the shores of Lake Galilee. And we'd say probably that his father is maybe one of the apostles. He's a fisherman. And this little boy, Jeremiah, um, which is also the name of my granddad, though, who I really love. So Jeremiah is blind. Um, but um, although he's blind, his world is full of love. Basically, he's really loved and he loves listening to the sounds on the shore of Lake Galilee. So he's very tuned into the sounds. But also he's very deft with his fingers at mending the nets which is his job. He's much better than his brothers, for instance. So he's mending his nets. He's happy, right? So he's happy. So there is a lack and that he cannot see, but he is very happy and he has a very important role to fulfill in his family life. And then when the morning he wakes up early and he, he something's woken him and he can hear this boat out on the water, but it sounds different because the it sounds like it's heavier in the water, okay? And he's a bit like, what's going on? And then, so this is based after the resurrection, okay? So then he hears his name being called by Jesus. Um, but what I do is I say, by the man who had many names, and I sort of list the Messiah, risen Lord, friend of his father's, basically. And um, Jesus takes his hand and they walk along the beach together and he can feel like the wounds in Jesus' hand 
and like for the first time he kind of wants to be able to see this man he says i want to be able to see this guy and um, jesus says come and help me make a breakfast for for your dad and his friends so they kind of make breakfast and then the fishermen all come in and they've got this amazing tale to tell that you know they um, fished all night and they couldn't catch anything and then um they put their nets down on the other side because they were told to and they got loads of fish um, and they, they brought it in and they were all chewing on fish and they're having a bit of a laugh. Um, and then Jesus turns to Jeremiah and says, would you, be a, would you like to be able to see? And it's like amazing. Jeremiah's heart is thumping. And, and um, so he places his hand over his eyes and he can see and he can behold beauty. So it's just like he beholds you know, a butterfly's wing in the blue smoke air of the fire. He beholds his dad's, like, overjoyed face, and he beholds the man who had saved him and sort of saved the world. And, yeah. Um, so, and then, and that's, and that's it. And then what I try and do to make the stories a bit more catechetical, I add in scripture quotes. So with this one, I just added in um, the scripture quote of the man born blind. I just put that in at the back so the children can actually read it, um, where the idea came from. And I also added in the miracle, the second miraculous catch of fish as well. Um, and I do that with quite a few of my books. I add scripture in at the back or I add notes to parents in all of my books. I add notes to parents in, in kind of saying how you can read this book with the children and points you can pick out for meditation and, and things like that. <laughs> See, that's, that is the, this is where I think Madeline's books are, go, are, are really serving a need because it's those little hints. There are so many, there's not so many, Currently, Celebrate Trust is doing a faith parenting course. Uh, the next one is this Thursday at uh, 8 p.m. It is October the 10, 11, 12, the 12th of October. Uh, <laughs> They're the, brilliant. They are, they are. They, so check out Celebrate Trust. And so they have it. And one of the lovely things is you've got parents there's little time for you to, to talk to other parents and give suggestions. But if you are at home and it's eight o'clock and you're doing the bedtime story, you don't have your army of parents with you and you've got to, and you've just frazzledly got the teeth brushed and stuff. You're going to sit down and go, I've forgotten everything we talked about, but don't worry. Madeline has your back because in the book, there it is there it is and you can imagine just using beholding beauty how you can turn it into uh more where the child that you're reading to could be making the sounds that come along because that's so important to the character how they can be feeling things use a net use string so there's it's not a one-time story. It's a keep on going. Maybe the kids, they start learning the words. So it's a lovely, lovely way to bring the children in. And, and oh, Madeline, you've, you've done the parents a lifesaver. <laughs> your little hints Thank you very much. <laughs> Can we, let's, let's look at that real quick. Let's take two minutes to discuss what is your bedtime story routine with the kids? Do you do, yeah. you've got seven of them. So do you do it all at the same time or do you give some, some time? Give us some suggestions here, my dear. Yeah. So it's all kind of all over the place. Cause obviously there's such different age ranges, but at the moment with the baby, what and my husband is amazing. I mean, he does generally does the bedtime routine at the moment with uh, Micah, who is three and Edith, who is five. He does those two. And then other times I will do the older ones. Um, I will be like, um, 
And not always at bedtime either, though. I generally get my reading with the older ones over lunchtime. <laughs> we do like our amazing sort of novels that we're doing. Or we do these amazing, there's such amazing resources out there. Like there's a book about virtues for children. I've been reading that um, from Kathy Sprouts, I think it is. It's an American one. I've been doing an amazing book about miracles of the Eucharist for children, which is just, oh, I love it. And another American one. So I do, I do those sorts of things over, um, over lunchtime with my older ones. Um, and then... Obviously, if I'm doing bedtime, then I would just sort of, uh, we do them separately. Mike is in one room and Edith's in another room because they kind of keep each other awake. Um, but yeah, I mean, I have all the classic Shirley Hughes. And at the moment, my five-year-old Edith, we had such a joy the other day. We, she was having, she's the one who struggles a little bit. So we, we just lay on the bed together and I got out my phone and we just went on Amazon and we were like, we haven't had this Shirley Hughes book before. So we just ordered a whole load. We're very, very cheeky. <laughs> we just ordered a whole load more of Shirley Hughes, like the Trotter Street ones. We got I'm so excited. <laughs> that would make, okay, so shopping, I, I will admit, like on, yeah. So maybe, maybe I will go. Rowan would love that. He's the um, almost 11 year old. He would love to go right. on and be like, oh, okay, mommy, we'll buy this one, this one. This one, this one. <laughs> and, and that would, ah. Uh, there we go. I like that. That's oh, look at Madeline. You've given us storytelling suggestions and also shopping suggestions with you. How to bond with shopping? I do love my shopping. <laughs> oh, what listeners? What you get on Culture Tuesday? A little bit of everything. <laughs> Speaking of shopping, we've got Christmas. It's it is it is October, guys. We yeah. are around the corner, and Advent is coming as well very very soon. Mm. You have a few lovely ones. Uh, you wanted to really point out a joyful noise, uh, I believe. Yeah. Can you tell me a little bit about this one? A joyful noise, one silent night. Joyful noise. Yeah. <laughs> My joyful noise is quiet sometimes. <laughs> but tell us a bit about this book. Uh, this one is very close to my heart. This came out last Christmas because... Um, this one again is uh, really is dedicated in my mind to my little five-year-old because it's about the drummer boy, okay? And it starts with him coming to Bethlehem with his family uh, for the census. And <laughs> the images are great. It's by this an amazing American artist. And um, we've got him sitting on this donkey and he is banging on his tin drum and he won't stop banging all the way to, on his tin pot thing. It's like a, a saucepan, like the equivalent. And he's banging on it and he's singing and his parents are like walking either side. And you can see the look on their faces. They're like, oh my goodness, <laughs> how long is this going to go for? But anyway, he loves to drum and he is, and he is full of joy in that way. And when he gets to Bethlehem, he'll sit on the doorstep and he'll watch all the busyness of the streets of Bethlehem and he's still banging his pot drum. He's like banging it to the beat of people walking, to the beat of children laughing. You know, he, he's got kind of a rhythm. And then um, one night, so he's staying, you see, he's staying with his uncle who runs an inn. <laughs> so one night he can't sleep and he, or he's woken by a knocking on the door and it's, um, it's basically Mary and Joseph, you know, trying to find a place to stay. And um, he sees them sort of being sent to the stable and he comes downstairs and his mother and his auntie are kind of very busy getting things and taking it out. So he sort of, he takes his drum and he sort of creeps out and he's like watching and, um, and he kind of comes into the stable and he sees this little baby crying. The baby is crying a lot and he doesn't know what to do. And then it says he smiles and he does know what to do. He sits down and he drums for baby Jesus and he's drumming makes me glad <laughs> and I I think I love this one because again I want to show that 
you know, I, I go to mass on a Sunday and it, it can be very humbling because <laughs> I have like a baby crying, a three-year-old running on the pews, and then our five-year-old uh, who is quite tall for her age. So you'd think she should be sitting quietly, but she can't, you know, she can't keep her body still and that's okay. And so I want us to embrace the fact that children give glory to God through noise, you know, and that, that is, that is good. Um, I also add at the back of that one, I add some Advent prophecies from the Old Testament, um, which again, actually we use in Catechism of the Good Shepherd. They're so beautiful. And that's where my son Micah's name came from, the prophecy of Micah and prophecy from Isaiah that foretell the coming of the Saviour. So we've got them in the back too, which there are four of them. So you can have one for each week of Advent. So you could read the story each week of Advent and do a different prophecy. Um, just read it at the back at the end of each reading of the story. I love it. I love it. Oh, my goodness. I want to, I'm going to, oh, we do a little, for the children's Christmas Eve mass, we do a little play or something. And this would be a perfect oh, one. Lovely. <laughs> oh, I would have to figure out, a, oh, I love it. I love it. Okay. So let's, listeners, if you would like to learn more about Marilyn Carroll, Madeline Carroll's books, do visit mm-hmm. isaiahbooks.co.uk. That's isaiahbooks.co.uk. Madeline is a British author, so shop local, if you know what I mean. <laughs> and do support her, her family, and then just share. Also, these are great books, grandparents, anyone, catechesis, uh, primary school teachers if you're looking for books for the library you could get this for your school library these are a great selection and as you heard there's little hints little suggestions throughout the books and filled with scripture as well and we do lots of like book discounts for parishes and schools as well that's what we offer as well uh-huh. and to help <laughs> and then, of course, Roy Peachy's books are in there, too. Yes. A little book of British saints, big one. And then we also had him recently on oh, talking about amazing. Meg and the Great British History Mystery. Oh, that was a favorite in our house. Lunchtime reading, actually. We love that one. Yeah, it's a great one. I'm going to take that away with me. The lunchtime reading. I think that's a really clever idea because my sons, there's at that age now where they do need to read at night or whatever without mm. me. So I think lunchtime reading is a good yeah. idea. Oh, Madeline, before I let you go, can you uh, please lead us in a prayer, my dear? Oh, I, I forgot to warn you that I was going to ask you to do that. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> Keeping that's you on fine. your toes. Keeping uh-huh. you on your toes. <laughs> no worries. I mean, I just want to go back to the simple, like the one that I really love, which is the Our Father. Is that okay? Oh, an oldie <laughs> and a goodie. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay. And near the Father and the Son. Right. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily daily bread. bread. And forgive us our trespasses, trespasses. as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. (laughs) Thank you so much.